millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. the guy who plays this song who wrote the song his last name is Yankovic Yankovic is in Weird Al but they're not related but they both play the what's that thing accordion the accordion I would think that people with the last name Yankovic are probably more likely to play the accordion than members members of the general population because that's sort of an Eastern European thing is it really or maybe so, it's a German thing, but I don't like lots of Eastern so, European people play the accordion. So it's interesting more than so. Um, <laughs> like but Italian, the, but yeah. no, but they actually played some stuff together like uh, mm-hmm. twenty thirty years ago. It's pretty huh. interesting. I like that song. It makes me happy. It's Christmassy, but not too Christmassy, and it's just it's festive and it's good for this time of year. Unfortunately, for some people, it may remind you of last night's show, which, of course, was a limping dog or a <laughs> gut-shot uh, vagrant uh, was taking his last breath. But uh, maybe you didn't notice, and maybe you're just fine. I don't think we thought it sucked. I mean, what we you know, we didn't half-ass it. We did, as, we did our best. We, we were took, just both exhausted. Yeah, both exhausted. And also, and this is something we want to talk to you guys about and to each other about. We're so freaking sick of talking about the same stuff. Sick of it. We're sick of effing variants, masks. I'm sick of social distancing. I'm sick of hearing Fauci's freaking voice saying his name. I'm sick of the, the, the uh, seeing... Lying, I'm ready to declare a Fauci ban on not, this uh, show. Lying, sure, lying, manipulative politicians and, and dumb people. This has been... The last few years have been the dumb on parade years. We're sick of it. Sick of it. You know, I would rather... When we played, even though it's kind of related to COVID, when we played the woman who said this... Here's the deal. We have eyes all around this theater. 
They're not really looking for you, but they might happen to see something. I would rather talk about people like that. Everyday people who are badly behaved, or just the psychology of different kinds of people, than the X's and O's of what kind of mask, this kind of mask, that kind of mask. I just think it's, you know, I just think it's, it's just monotonous at this point. How many times, what, how many times are we going to have the same show? And I think it's fair to say that we go to great, uh, to great lengths to not have the same kind of show. We do, a, we throw dozens of stories at each other per day. We have all sorts of stuff to, to look at, etc. We try to not be like everybody else, but try to be, you know, I do check often and listen to, uh, you know, I'll watch the opening monologue of Tucker or I'll listen to the commentary broadcast, etc. And if I hear them doing the next day what we did the day before, I'm happy mm -hmm. that happens because those are smart people who are good at dissecting news and they're usually right right where they should be. And so when we are there too, I like that. And I used to like that because we broadcast it because we broadcast it because we record it at night. A lot of times those shows come out the next day. And I think that that having been a radio producer and really, in a sense, being the producer now of my own show, etc., and you and us being a current event geeks, I think that our producing, our story finding, our topic finding, is absolutely as professional as it can be. I think it's, you are not, if you listen to this podcast, you ain't missing the boat. There's no way. We do, we're too much into this stuff and we're, we're into the granular details of a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in the news cycle. It's not as if we're not hitting this stuff. But that said, sometimes we're just, especially if you're zonked out or whatever, you know, there's other things, even being in Connecticut, the tech on my side sucks in Connecticut. Uh, you know, just from the hotels. It's not. It's nothing to do with the station. It's not. It's great being down there. Yeah, trying to produce a podcast over hotel internet. Can oh, hotel be, internet can is be tough. challenging. But, but, but and I want to welcome people in from who or listen to WTIC as well. My show from ten to two every day in WTIC. Um, I, you know, because I'm not on WTIC next week, but we're gonna we'll be doing the podcast as ever. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, I we're doing this. This initially started when it was just me. Mm -hmm. Was I. With your encouragement, I powered up all the stuff and said, I need to try to make sense of what the frig is going on. This is when the world lost its mind last year. Yep. And so it was a what the frig is going on show where we looked around and said, okay, what is going on? Let's try to parse it out here because it seems like there's a lot of craziness encroaching into our lives and everybody's lives and your lives, you guys. And you've made it very clear with your DMs, et cetera, that you're seeing it too. And that it is, in a lot of ways, a, a useful therapy session for everybody to uh, just compare thoughts and put them out there and say, okay, all right, it, it isn't us who's crazy. It's the lady yelling, uh, here's the deal, chew popcorn and put your mask up, etc." So that's where, as far as making sense of our world, that's where we want to be. But, like, but that said, Alice and I were just talking before the show. We were talking about last night's show, which which to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people would say never tell people that it was a crappy show because a lot of people didn't notice. But we were like, in the show, you could hear we're swinging and missing. We just were just out of crap to say.
But you know, it might be. You know, there was. I'm sure there were some good parts. It's fine. Whatever. It's you know, it's it's on to the next game. It doesn't matter. You can't you can't do a show every day and ever dwell on the last show. But I think that yeah, it was, no, and I don't think I. I mean, in a sense, I agree. I don't want to be like, oh my god, we were so bad yesterday. Like I, whatever. Like you miss and you have to show up and you have to do the next day's show. But. And and like you say, like I don't know if people other people felt like it was bad or what or whatever. I don't know. But I was frustrated and I was tired and I was mad today and like and I was trying to think about like why I was like mad at the podcast today. And I was just like saying to you, like, I'm so sick of the news. It's the mm-hmm. same stupid bleep every day and like trying to look for stories feels like toxic like I feel like I'm making myself dumber and angrier and just like I just I like didn't I'm just mad at the whole news cycle and everything today I'm sick of it I'm sick of the last two years of ridiculousness I'm sick of stupid masks I'm sick Mm -hmm. of hearing about COVID I'm sick of hearing the same stupid things from the same stupid people over and over and over like I just, I'm, I'm drained of the news and I like, I mean, it's funny because people will ask me like, what podcast do you listen to? And I'll mm-hmm. be like, I, I mean, you listen to other news podcasts, so God bless you. I don't know how you do a four hour news show and then another one hour podcast and then you like watch and listen to other news. The only thing I really ever watch is Tucker and not a hundred percent on that, but I, but just because I think he's funny, but I like. I'm so, I've like put so much time into thinking about the news by the time we're done with this podcast. I like never want to hear another person bring up another news story mm-hmm. like ever again. I It's it's so draining. And the news right now is so draining. And I know like liberals felt this way under Trump. Like I knew people who were like, I have to take a step back because I'm like so stressed all the time about, you know, he's destroying our democracy or whatever. Right. And I, I mean, like, I think that's nuts. But, like, if the news makes you that stressed, just take a step back. But I do feel like it's so relentlessly dumb and just bad, terrible stupidity all the time. Like, people Mm -hmm. on the news, like, I can't, I cannot bring myself to, like, watch or listen to other news. Like, once I've found stories for this show and we've done this show, I'm like, that's, I've processed it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. That's it. If something else happens, then fine. But I can't like and I I don't know how we got to this point as a country where we're so ramped up in minutia of of like what's happening on the news and like the Omicron variant. And like, I mean, people talk about like, oh, I know where I was when I found out Kennedy was shot or something like stuff that used to be on the news used to be news, like important stuff that you need to know, not like the Omicron variant and like which types of masks work the best. And like, I just, it's emotionally draining for everybody in the country. In some ways, I like feel guilty for contributing yes. it to e- by even having a podcast. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. we're making the world a worse place by even like amplifying any of this junk because it's so stupid and it's just like it's not making anybody any better. I agree. I agree. Like, I've got here. I've got um, here's a couple of cuts that I have. I've you said you would absolutely serve eight years if elected. Do you plan to run for re-election? Yes, but look. 
I'm a great respecter of fate. Fate has intervened in my life pants. many, many times. If I'm in the health I'm in now, if I'm in good health, then, in fact, I would run again. And if he that should means- have added an or in between those two things. I'm in the health I'm in now, or if I'm in good health, I would never... Is a rematch against Donald Trump? You're trying to tempt me now. <laughs> sure. Why would I not run against Donald Trump or even the nominee? That would increase the prospect of running. <laughs> I don't... I can't... What do you want to say? Muir is a spokesmodel um, interviewer. Apparently, during some of the interview today, he or yesterday, he did a good job, whatever. He's asking the old guy if he's going to run again. The old guy's not going to run again. He can't run again. He's How nothing- is he going to possibly? Right. Uh, there's nothing. In- he can barely get through the question. <laughs> How is he going to do, do a whole campaign? Like, seriously? He's like, what's going to happen is this. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Again. <gasps> what's going to happen is this. It's just so people know. This presidency, so far, even though, um, what's his name? Um... Uh, David Muir, no, not David Muir, David Who? Frum okay. um, wrote a column saying that, that Biden had a good year. David Frum is a former Republican. Um, and because he got a lot of executive orders done, et cetera. Most of the executive orders were glaringly disastrous, especially when you look at the <laughs> or energy problem. Or illegal or both. Sure, then that's fine. I understand. You know, Trump did a lot of executive orders too, but in the middle of an energy crisis to do the stuff that he's doing, it, it, it this guy, the Joe Biden, in 2021, stepped on a grenade, and there's no part of this that's going well. It's completely and utterly a disaster. Uh, chances are that the Democrat. Well, the only good thing about it is that I think it, some people are snapping out of their uh, trance. Some people in the are snapping out of their trance. You have to be looking for emotional. Um, validation from somebody if you're going to say, well, I think he's doing a really good job because he's not. This is this is really bad. All of the all of the stuff he's doing is bad, and it's even more surprising that he's bad because he's bad in new ways and he's also bad in Trumpian ways. None of his experience in Washington D.C. seems to have um, seems to have rubbed off in any positive way. Only the cynical stuff, the cynical divisive stuff. That stuff he's still got, but this is disaster. The, he's polling terribly, and he should be polling terribly because they they despise the American people, and they they say it loudly. They I mean, do. I this honestly is, think the echo chamber of of Jen Psaki's communication uh, workshop and Ron Klain in Twitter, and Ron Klain, the chief of staff, he's the gatekeeper to the president, has a huge Twitter presence. That ain't good. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, speaking of like how I was saying, by the time I get through looking through Twitter for stories, I'm like wondering if I should even be like playing a part in this vicious cycle of making any of this stuff be news because it's so just ridiculous and terrible. I mean, like, but the people who are actually running the country and this was a gripe I had with Trump, too, by the way, is that Trump was online too much. Oh, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> like, stop. Step away. The people who are actually running stuff should be nowhere near the cesspool that is, like, Twitter and all the people on there. Because it's terrible. It's terrible for America. Like, we're all terrible. I, I mean, I, I don't know what to do about it. And I don't know how you solve this problem. Like, I mean... I. I don't know if I'm as far gone as the people who think we need to be two separate countries. But 
Twitter's not bringing us further to, to closer together. You know, it's not bringing us more no. unity and, and love and understanding between each other. So I don't know what the answer is, but more Twitter is not part of it. I, I mean, like, really, I think that that talking every day and like one of the only reasons I get up in the morning and still like do the podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean that in a dark I'm bad way. At things, huh? But I mean, like, but why, why I do the podcast, even though I think like the news is terrible and bleak and just frustrating and making the world worse, is that I think that talking and saying stuff that you think a lot is good. And like, I mean, I think we talk through stuff like. I just talk through stuff because I want to talk about it with you, not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's nice that our listeners enjoy listening and like, we appreciate you guys. It's great. But like, frankly, we'd have this conversation even if we didn't do it into microphones. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we were saying, talking about earlier. This is this is down in what we call our relaxing spot because my son <laughs> Anson decided to... He made up that phrase. Right. We were just... Uh, just talking about the show or talking about this was not going to be the topic this was going to be an outside uh just complaint we had about the podcast you know feeling you know that we're not it, it, it's not like uh i didn't even want to do it today it felt like yeah a chore. i've been there i can tell you that uh, but but i do uh, i mean definitely because i think this is important to hash out with the listeners you know, I think this is important because this mm-hmm. is we're all in this thing together and we hear from them when they're going through crap and, and we're not going through anything, by the way. It's just that we're it's a it's a rolling chaotic entropy and we are on this thing right now and kind of wondering. Or it's, well, it's and like I feel like the- we're getting towards the end of the year, right? It's like a time and I feel like this sort of thing happens, right? It's a time of year when like a lot of stuff is kind of wrapping up. A lot of people are taking some time off work. So everybody's like trying to get tasks done, finish things up. There's a lot of like, you know, we'll get back to this in the new year. Next year, we'll start doing this. We'll start doing that like in this week and next week. A lot of people are sort of like finishing up things, putting a bow on it and like moving on to the next, right? And I feel like it's a time when you kind of like take stock and you're like, what are we even doing here? Right. You know, like, what's the point? Like, I don't know. It's a it's a time of like thinking about stuff and evaluating where you are and what why you're doing what you're doing and stuff. So let me tie in that with what's going to happen, as I was talking about earlier with the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen is th- this no one is getting any of the feedback they need to be getting in the administration. They're not. Or else they would be... I mean, in part of the problem is, of course, the press doesn't cover them. Because if they did... I mean, they're doing a little bit now. And, you, you know, some liberal outlets have... And progressive outlets have been saying, uh, you know, it's many, many things that you said about your uh, handling COVID haven't come to fruition. You don't seem to be prepared, this and that, et cetera. So and along the COVID front, they feel comfortable about starting to criticize there, which is why you've got them panicking in the administration now. You know, Jen Psaki, who was laughing about masks, uh, no, sorry, sending uh, sending test kits three weeks ago around the United States, is now, now this is the test kit presidency, and they still can't get them out, and they still weren't prepared, and they still weren't prepared for the holidays when people would try to get them to travel and this and that. Fine. 
It seems weird that we shut down the country two years ago because we had no tests and somehow we still have no tests. Right. right. No tests. And we've spent we've we've spent four trillion dollars on COVID. And we're still hearing uh, stories about ICUs being understaffed. Well, what the hell? Where'd the four trillion going? Well, oh, you go. ask the we're, Connecticut school boards exactly. where they're having the students vote on how we're, to spend all the extra COVID e- money that exactly. schools, for some reason, exactly. have. Which is just another another illustration that they passed this legislation, including some of the bailouts, to pay for pet projects that they always loved. So when you're looking and saying that your intensive care unit is uh, overflowing, according to the media, well... Uh, just know that the f-ing Kennedy Center got a big wad of tax-paying money that that intensive care unit, that hospital, did not. Well, right. And maybe talk to your governors about why right. they're still telling hospitals not to take elective surgeries, which is what pays the bills at those hospitals right. to hire the nurses who look after the COVID patients. Right, exactly. And you've got now this the guy in the White House because they don't know what to do anymore. They've lost ideas. Delaying student loan forgiveness to, as you said, Alice, to normalize it so that they can make this an entitlement now. This will be entitlement. They'll keep delaying it, keep delaying This administration's not going to have the balls to say, okay, now you have to pay. No way. Some yeah, fat can't. idiot is going to sit up in the Capitol steps eating Oreos overnight and buy them to say, oh my God, you see what's on Twitter? If you can't in 2022 have people st- Start their payments up again on their student loans that were paused two years ago, then you're never going to do it. Right. I mean, thank goodness we clawed back all the extra unemployment benefits and made them stop that, or they would have kept that going forever too. All the like bonus unemployment stuff and the eviction moratorium, they would have kept every one of these mm-hmm. programs going on forever if they could. Forever. Right. So now you've got a bunch of people. Millions of Americans who can afford to pay their student loans but don't want to, not paying. Fine. Okay. So what's going to happen is disaster after disaster. Then we're going to have the midterms next year. And Republicans are going to win the House and they're going to win the Senate. At that point, of course, I believe, and I hope that it, it is the case, that the Republicans should begin impeaching Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, day one. January, Absol- whatever they get in. Absol- fifth or something. It's earlier than the president. Yes. But yeah, they should start impeaching right away. They should be drafting the articles now. Absolutely. They should. Uh, certainly. But what's going to happen after that, after the midterm elections next year, is there is going to be a um, a St. Valentine's Day massacre in the administration. They're going to turn over everybody. Saki already said she's leaving, so she was going to leave from the beginning. Um but she's gonna leave before the midterms, right? Didn't she say she was she just did. gonna finish this year? Yeah, um, and but she's I mean, if she didn't leave, then you'd have to turn her over anyway because she's been terrible. So, so what's she gonna <laughs> do? Is she gonna go have a gig on CNN now? Oh yeah, or consulting group? Are you kidding me? A, a, a communications consulting group that's taking a, a heck of a load of money. She'll make. She'll be plugged in. They all do. They all do. They all make a big ton of money. I don't think she's good enough um, at opining to be. On CNN, maybe she is. She's too like hackish. The, the problem, yes, yeah, she's too hackish. The problem is that you need need to be able to just call X's and O's instead of still advocate for your side, which is one of the problems. Like, um, like Donna um, Brazil, mm. I like Donna Brazil, and I think she's talented, and but she never stops flacking for the side instead of take taking a step back. 
Like Karl Rove, you know what he is. He's a big conservative, etc. But he'll take a step back and say, this guy's making a mistake by doing this. He's making a mistake by this. It's not all rooting, you know? So well, I don't well, know. Or even like on the other side, people like Carville or somebody, like they can do analysis, even oh, though Carville's they're obviously great. on a side. Yes, Carville is, is great. And actually, I thought to a degree. Have you watched any of like Kaylee McEnany? No. I haven't either. I wonder what she's like as a host. Oh, no. No, I can't imagine. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there are some people who can do it. On the left as well. I always like Chris Matthews. thought he was good. He was obviously a partisan. That's fine. But he was a guy who knew X's and O's. He was a smart guy. He had worked for a congressman, Tip O'Neill, for years. He had been in... He was a guy in the know. And Dana Perino as well. Obviously a big bushy. We know all that stuff. But she can step back. She is really clinical X's and O's. She'll mm -hmm. get on a partisan job here and there, but it's she brings a maturity and a in, a, in this this feeling of properness to to it. I think she does a great job. So that's going to happen next year, and and in at that point we can start. They're going to hate to do it, of course, but this this for every CNN story and an NBC story, etc. There is about how. Trump was the worst. January sixth, this that sort of the end of the world. There are more and more people who have more podcasts reaching many more people than all of those, all of those mainstream media stations. I hate that I said mainstream media. Um, all those, you know, um, what's it called? Cable. Right. News. But I want to say something else. Uh, whatever. The traditional media stations. More of these podcasters are moving out of where they live and into Texas. Legacy media? Yes, into Texas and Florida. So, uh, and those people are going to have a more of an influence. And fine, you're not going to see it in the print version of the paper. You know, the guy my, the guy from his agent today said, it felt good to have a print version of the paper here today. It's like, it doesn't feel good to me. <laughs> but but those, days, those days are over. And, and so the validation is not going to look like a validation usually looks in print, in the Times, etc., but you're going to see it and feel it, where there will be a reckoning and a thorough audit and review of what has happened in the last two years, including, I mean, really, the policies of a year and a half ago, the defund the police policies and all the stuff in the in the tangent there are now considered pretty much gross across the board, except for a small, small minority there. But you know they're going to amp up the hysteria, in 2022 also there's going to be a whole bunch of democrats who are not going to be able to resist pushing radical insane messaging in yeah but there's an amp but this guy right now the president is amping up the hysteria his administration is and america hates him yeah i mean and I don't, so the, the democratic brand what is it more defunding the police some please? crazy people that like i don't know Whatever, like Jen Rubin says that the fact that Manchin killed Build Back Better is going to kill Joe Biden in the midterms because everybody wanted Build Back Better, which first of all is delusional and insane mm. and crazy and whatever, all that stuff. What is she? <laughs> oh, he's now responsible for the bloodbath in the midterms that's going to be because everybody really wanted Build Back Better. <laughs> like, first of all, no. If anything, he helped Joe Biden in 2022. And he helped a lot of congressional Democrats, too, that were not going to have to go on record supporting this stuff and watching it start to turn into a debacle over the next 12 months. Like, that's what he saved all those people in the Senate from. If anything, he probably, like, protected some vulnerable people in the Senate by forcing them to not take a vote on it. You know? And so... I think that 
it's interesting, like, watching them already in advance try and explain why they're going to do badly in the midterms and, like, cast about for reasons why it's not their fault and why they weren't progressive enough and that was the problem. And, you know, like, you're going to get the AOCs and the Cory Bushes and the Ayanna Presleys saying, like, it's because we didn't cancel student loan debt. We didn't stick to our campaign promises and give people the most popular policies in the world and free childcare and everything else. And it's so, like, you almost think to yourself, like, can they really be this dumb? Are they going to push this message? Like, are they going to run in 22 on canceling student loan debt and defunding the police and keeping COVID co- policies in place for longer? Are they, in November 2022, I mean, are they going to be running on, like... Criminal justice reform, CJR, is... There's some, there's some uh, financial support if if you're all in. Well, yeah, because uh, all the good suburbanites gave a bunch of money to well, Black right. Lives Matter and, and other organizations. And, and big global donors uh, <laughs> are, are into that kind of thing as well. Uh, but it is not popular anywhere outside of really, really a small percentage of the of minorities who are in the um, activist class. And guilty white suburban housewives who still love Biden. He still does good with them. Uh, Yoga pants, wine, that whole thing. Jokes about drinking too much wine on Facebook. That kind of thing. Um, uh, And so, but but other than that, there's no, there's nothing. And also, they didn't fix the COVID like they say that they fixed the COVID. They didn't. But don't you think that's like a weird conflict in their messaging? Because the people that want COVID to be fixed is fixed. You know what I mean? Like in Florida, COVID's fixed. Right. Yeah. You know, and they'd argue it's not fixed because like they had a surge in the summer, which like now we're going to have a surge up here. So, Mm -hmm. okay. But, you know. I don't necessarily like I think it's sort of weird, confusing, mixed messaging to be like, well, uh, well, he didn't fix COVID. Like, well, what do you want him to do about COVID? Like, he can't. Alice, I'm obviously not to disagree with you. There's nothing that he can really do, but he said he could. He said he could and he promised he would. Well, yeah, but I Biden's kind of feel Biden, like... That's a deal Biden made with American but voters. But I feel like he's in a bind because, yeah, he said this to the American mm-hmm. voters. But I feel like Trump gave him the vaccine and all the contracts to buy the vaccine. Like, we had enough vaccine doses. Anyone can get a vaccine who wants one. Anyone can get all the boosters they want who wants one. It's free. All that stuff. Like, this was all true. You know, going to be true under the Trump administration as much as it was under the Biden administration. This this vaccine happened, like, under Trump, whatever. And that occurred. Like, that's allowed us now to sort of, in my you step back and say like if you want a vaccine get a vaccine you're safe go for it live your life goodbye like we're done with all this other stuff and the democrats i feel like could declare victory on that if they wanted to but a big chunk of their party including teachers unions and like general whack jobs are not letting them so they have to constantly be declaring that covid's in a state of crisis to make people happy who are saying, like, we still need an eviction moratorium because this is a public health crisis. 
and the people who are saying we need another lockdown and we need mass mandates and we need this and we need that. Like, you can't be the leader of the Democratic Party and have Ayanna Presley demanding that Massachusetts go under an indoor mask mandate and also be declaring victory on COVID. You know, like if Trump were president right now, I don't know if there would be more people dead or fewer people dead of COVID. I'm because I don't have a crystal ball and I'm not sure it's possible. It could be exactly the same and nothing we do impacts it in any way. But I, I mean, Trump would now be declaring victory on COVID. If Trump were president, Trump would be saying, I did the vaccine. We <laughs> beat this. Last year, People probably. aren't dying. It's great. No more restrictions. COVID's <laughs> done. Goodbye. It's endemic. It's mild. If you get the Trump vaccine and like do what you want to do, we're he all would, free. He, right? he would, he, you're right. He would have. He would also have been impeached four more times <laughs> since then. I know. One but for my, pushing Fauci out. But you're right. <laughs> but my point is like Biden could declare victory on COVID if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. But he's not because there's elements of his own party that are telling him he can't. That we have to keep pushing the COVID crisis. Well, but, but so not only that, Alice. Stuck because there's people that want to get things done on the back of the COVID quote emergency. But not only that, but he's embraced for political uh, means. He's embraced the idea that cases are everything as well. So now when the stuff spikes, he's told us, you know, you can't. Well, it's spiking. You can't. The scientists, the scientists, the scientists. Well, the scientists don't have a it's over setting. Right. So now he's in a bind. He can't do anything without some kind of contradiction. And those guys are don't want to say, oh, yeah, when we said you'd large gatherings and you're still not safe. Well, no, we're sorry. I mean, you know what Biden could do that would be fantastic? Mm-hmm. is a COVID uh, audit rewind. Say to the American people, you know what? We may not have handled this right from the beginning, and possibly shutting down has caused a lot of problems that, that we didn't do. He could even blame some of that on Trump, because it's true. Uh, and then he could say, and you're wondering if we know what we're up to. Well, we're learning every day like you. We have the best people in the world doing this. And... We thought this that the vaccine was it and it'd be over, and it's not. And this is bad news for us and bad news for you. Um, so, in, I mean, some sort of leveling. I know that it's nobody within 500 miles of the White House would ever say that, especially a Democrat at this point. Right. Uh, but it would do, I mean, if they could do something other than deny reality, and and uh, patronize people who complain and then gaslight and then laugh at people and make them the butt of the joke. I mean, it would take, for a guy who says one half the country is killing the other half of the country, this would be a tough thing. Mm -hmm. But to admit you effed up would be a good idea. But he can't do it. He's just too, he's too, he's, he's more politician than human now. He's been there but for I too long. But I feel like even effed up, like, I mean, Trump would declare victory without even saying he effed up. Of course, Trump is out there claiming he made the uh, the vaccines. <laughs> like Candace personally. Owens. He's saying, yep, yep, I did vaccines. I did three of them. And, yep, and that was the game changer, <laughs> absolutely. And also, and you know what I love about the Trump? And I, I didn't want to grab the Candace Owens thing. I don't want to hear Trump in, in right now. I don't want, I'm done. But, but you know, he said with Candace Owens, she was trying to tell him the vaccines suck, essentially, trying to go there. Yeah. And he's saying now, he's now trying to mainstream himself a little bit. So he's saying the vaccines are fantastic. I invented them. I did the vaccines. I did the vaccines. <laughs> the best he part was of- saying that from the beginning the whole time. 
Well, that he got there, but he was not like pushing everybody needs to get vaxxed. But now they're the greatest things in the world. But here's the thing is that what I love about him is that he says now, like he said, he's, he's contradicting himself in a lot of ways. Now, more than ever, booster vaccine, this and that, booster vaccine, this and that. And, and it's smart. And he's saying those things, which, you know, they're, I don't know if it's too far gone, but a lot of, Alice is drinking, but a lot of uh, mainstream it was probably on camera. People in the suburbs are saying, are, are you know, it's meant to assuage them a little bit and say, wow, he's, t- he's saying something. He's so normal. Right, a little bit. But you know what I love about him still? And this is like the unique power of Trump is that he is freaking happy to contradict himself. <laughs> right to your face. Right to your face. Take your vaccine. Boo. No, take your vaccine. The same, he's absolutely happy to do it. That's like the thing that made him win. Having not that nerve to be sensitive towards feedback coming, wherever it's coming from, when necessary, at times, you know, I don't care. John McCain wasn't a war hero because he was captured. Oh my God, do you believe, are you allowed to say that? Yes, he was captured. I like people who don't get captured. (laughs) Are you going to quit? No. In full honesty, I thought that was going to be the end of his campaign. I'm like, who says that? How can you say that and be elected? He criticized him when he died. (laughs) I mean, the guy has totally, that trait Though inhumane and and scary, that trait is also an incredibly valuable thing to have at times. Unrelenting resolve. Kavanaugh's my guy. Tornado comes through to destroy him and Kavanaugh. Nope. Kavanaugh's my guy. <laughs> well, to be clear, that's like when I realized... For me, the Kavanaugh thing was a clarifying moment because that's when I realized that it's important to have somebody like Trump there. Not... Trump was useless in a lot of ways. For example, he should have destroyed all these intelligence agencies that went after him with the FISA things and everything else. He, he had, had the power a little, to do it. A and little he trouble, Allison. Power he could, to do it. That's the entire embedded He could have done more. I don't, I, I mean. Ron DeSantis would have done more to get rid of the swamp. I don't because know, he puts dude. in effort and he, he would have been, works okay, harder. That's fine, but he would have been impeached 86 million more times. Sure, but... So I think well, Trump, you know what I, my point is I think Trump's lazy and I think he like. I don't think he's lazy. The guy never sleeps. He's always doing Trump stuff. I don't think he Alice, likes. He has I steaks and vodka and a university and a board game and books and come on. He's a hustler. He's I being think, lazy. I think But he Trump just doesn't likes, like doing what he doesn't like to do. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean by lazy. So, like, they bring him boring briefing documents, and yeah, I don't think no. he wants to read them. No time. He doesn't have time. He doesn't want to know, like, how the ins and outs of things in the federal government work and stuff and mm-hmm. legal. Like, he doesn't want to. I think there's stuff Trump doesn't want to do, and so he doesn't do it. Is that better than lazy? Yes. Um, But that being said, I did the Kavanaugh thing very much like radicalized me towards Trump because I really realized the utility politically of having somebody there who absolutely does not give a bleep about anything. Like who's just, I picked the guy and who like enjoys weathering that storm. Oh yeah. He enjoys the left going up to total fever pitch and throwing everything at him and freaking out. And And him just, he just stands there and is like, okay. And that, Still that, nominating him. That Hydra 
that progressive Hydra that was all Barbara Boxer and all those people mm-hmm. and all the people on the left pitching in to create this force against Kavanaugh from this insane woman. It's this the whole thing. All the thing against Kavanaugh and yelling at him and the thing and everything they did to destroy his life and call him a rapist and this and that. This whole thing was the the, the conjuring of a spell that Democrats have done that has been undefeated. It scares yeah. any President Romney backs the hell down. Of course. Absolutely. He would have unnominated him nominated Absolutely. him thirty seconds Absolutely. later. This was a borking of somebody. Absolutely. The the Democrats know how to do it. It just takes somebody who has zero regard for that noise, doesn't see it or hear it, <laughs> only says, all right, what can I do here exactly to get something good there for Donald Trump here? You know I actually what? think Trump wouldn't even have like felt... I, I mean, I wasn't even like excited about the Kavanaugh choice until mm-hmm. that happened because Kavanaugh's sort of so mainstream and boring. And mm-hmm. like that... like. I feel like when the liberals did that, that just made Trump like more excited about well, it. But also, I think I agree with you. And also, I think that the entire exercise, although maybe good for fundraising at a bit, was probably another reason why they didn't try to destroy Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what they said. If they had literal video of herself uh, prostituting herself with fourteen-year-old boys. While smoking crack and drowning puppies, Trump would have said, "Yeah, I'm sticking with her." <laughs> he doesn't have. matter. You got to get the president to withdraw the nominee, or else it doesn't matter. Right. So I think that's that's something. I don't know where we got on that, but that's uh, so on the on the other lines. So this is what I. The only thing I think I'm. I, I guess we're interested in talking about what we what we talked about in lieu of talking about what we didn't want to talk about. But uh, by the way, I'm not just drinking. Um, Tito's here. This is I. We had no clean glasses, so I have um, used this empty Tito's thing. This is a vodka soda. There's a lot of soda in here, so it's really mm-hmm. not. You know what? It's vodka. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but but it's funny. The thing that I most like of everything today, that most interests me at all, is this. Over the course of my teaching. I did sleep with students and that was wrong. Um, but like I said, I, it's not why I started the school. James Franco was on a show. He started the James Franco acting school of uh, teaching and nailing babes or whatever it is. And a bunch of girls came forward to say that he, as their teacher, coerced them to have sex with him. Or convince them to in right. some way using his status as a as a teacher famous actor. Right. No, no, but they're saying you know that's why this is just a teacher. These are women who slept with a Hollywood star, Hollywood actor, okay? Who not only got that that they would have to brag about um, and to feel important about, but then they had the Me Too thing and they got another bite at the apple. Oh, now we can be victims too for seeking out this guy who just knowing. What I've seen about James Franco, other than his acumen for marijuana, I wouldn't think he'd be a great academic. Just, just me, okay? But I you don't think, he, think he's like really into the art of acting. No, the actors field, studio, of, the people, the field of study, and has like studied the greats. Right. Do you remember <laughs> to smoke a cigarette on screen? You have to become the cigarette on screen. 
He's not that guy, okay? He's a good-looking guy who seems to be fairly dumb and high a lot, as far as I know, um, who is a famous Hollywood actor, and all of these women just wanted to sleep with him. It happened. It's one of the reasons it's awesome to be a Hollywood actor, and it's awesome to be a rock star. It just is. When we had Keanu Reeves um, stay at the hotel I worked at, mm-hmm. a plethora of beautiful women went up to Keanu's room. And they were not there to talk about acting or to share script ideas with Keanu Reeves. They were there for one reason, okay? We also had um, Red Man. Is Red Man and Method Man? Who's mm-hmm. the other guy? Yeah, Method Man and Red Man. Red Man and Method Man. Stay at the hotel. Okay. A steady stream of very... How do you say this? Buxom? Buxom jewelried ladies with long fingernails who are decked out, went to the house phones, and went right upstairs. They were coming in by the dozen. They were not there to... um, Talk about... You know, the foreign art. policy with Red Man and Method Man. <laughs> or even, like, the art of hip-hop and, like, right. why they chose to no. sample certain other artists and what they felt that brought to the artistry on their latest album. Right. No. Absolutely. So this is, like... And also, as a woman, Alice, this should be an insult to you. Once again, taking all agency away from women. How could they not sleep with him? He was their proctor and, <laughs> you know, he's got the power different... different. What? That's how that works. You know what? You're my teacher and there's a power differential. You know what? I think that we should probably fornicate him. The defenseless to it. I don't know. That's just the, the math is. There's not a victim in the James in the Franco thing, is there? Uh, I mean, I I don't know if James Franco has ever been inappropriate with a woman. I, do I don't claim know. to know that. But I, I do tend to think that. Uh, I do tend to think that women do sometimes willingly try and sleep with famous people. <laughs> I would say, Alice, well, that's good going on on a ledge there. Very controversial I statement. I would say that. Oh, so- you know, Alice, case in point. <laughs> right? Right? Right. That's you saw exactly. the big game there, the T-Dog. <laughs> right. You, know, you took him down. Right. Um, Who also lied to you. <laughs> about a true. thousand things. True. True. Uh, fair. Accurate. Um, but so I was going to say that I was thinking about this recently because the Chris Noth story, which we didn't talk about mm-hmm. on here, but I was like intrigued by this and read a bunch of stuff about this because I used to watch Sex in the City. Okay, oh, he's the that's love so interest. Disappointing, in Sex Alice. In the that's City. so disappointing. I'm sorry. It was that's like so, the thing did you also everybody watch watched. John John Stewart. Mm, not oh, regularly. God, no, no. <laughs> it was what everybody watched when yeah, I was that age. Yeah, not everybody. Uh, like I don't know. Oh God. Not Gen X people. But oh. All millennials watched all these things. I don't know. So anyway, so I did watch Sex in the City, right? And like, I, I have not watched this new thing. I it was over it by movie one. I don't know. I. You know, I feel like the show stands on its own as a thing. Um, but so they have this new Sex in the City show out, right? And Chris Noth is the actor who plays Mr. Big on Sex in mm-hmm. the City, who's carries sort of like aloof on again, off again love interest that she's like always trying to be with him and it doesn't work out and whatever. And he's commitment phobic, et cetera. 
Anyway, so now in this like new series where they're older, um, they're married and he dies after working out on a Peloton, mm-hmm. which like Peloton was kind of pissed about because they knew they were going to be in the show and like then he died after working out on a Peloton. So they had to like come out with a statement saying that like, you know, Peloton using Peloton regularly actually helps your risk of heart problems or whatever. Right. So they kind of did a thing about it. And then they did this kind of joking ad where he was like alive and had a Peloton and like with a new chick. And it was like, so they were like trying to make money off the fact Mm -hmm. that he's in this new show, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Now, Immediately after that, there's a big news article where two women accuse him of taking advantage of them on dates and, like, forcing Mm -hmm. himself on them. Like, so they, like, essentially willingly went on a date with him, but then they felt that they got too drunk or then things went too far. He, whatever, I don't know. They feel it got rapey at some point during the process and you know, didn't call him back again after that and felt uncomfortable. He says the encounters were consensual, etc. But it's just interesting to me that it's, like, this show that's, like, women's empowerment show, like, girl power, whatever, right? Like, they kill off the Mr. Big character, like, right at the beginning of it, who's, like, sort of, even though he's the love interest, he's also sort of the nemesis. Like, people kind of love to hate him because he screws over Carrie a lot, right? Like, he abandons her on her wedding day. He doesn't show up for the wedding and everything. So people get mad at Mr. Big. So to kill him off right away, like, gives that feeling some sort of satisfaction, even though they show, like, Carrie being upset about it in the show. And then it's like he gets back at them by being in this Peloton commercial that sort of digs at the way they had him die, And then he gets accused of sexual assault. Like, it just feels, like, too convenient to me. Mm. You know? And it feels like it's deliberate to sort... Like, do we think there would have been news articles about Chris Noth being accused of sexual assault if the new Sex and the City show hadn't come out and if the stuff with Peloton hadn't happened? Like, or would the news just not even have done it because it wouldn't have driven clicks the way it does when he's already in the news? Like, I just feel like the whole thing is so, it's such a perfect, like, arc, story arc. There's a lot of that that happens in the taking down of uh, of men, but uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I, I don't associate with anything with sex in the city. That was a dark time of our lives, unfortunately. It was, <laughs> anytime, any part I, anytime I saw it, I'm sorry, it doesn't portend well for women. The view... Or Sex in the City. It just doesn't. It's not. None of them are funny or smart and or smart with dialogue. They're all unstable, emotional, um, materialistic, greedy, trivial, uh, self-centered. It's like it's. It, there's nothing there. And in, 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 I don't say this, but I have friends who have said this. I don't say it. I distance myself from those comments. Mm-hmm. Some people would say that none of them are really attractive at all. So. I don't know, but I don't know. Okay, I haven't seen a piece. I'm just saying, I've seen a piece. I'm better than to have. I mean, I think there are shows that are out there that don't make men look very good either. Like I think Entourage is up there. Hey now, you think Entourage makes men seem like upstanding? No, but it. (laughs) But they're bastards in Entourage. They're shallow. Like uh, the, the, the Kevin Dillon is like a shallow moron. 
They're all shallow. I definitely think of Entourage and Sex in the City of being similar, having like a similar overall view of human nature and not being particularly upset about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, okay, okay. Is that a 1570 project thing? No. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, Al. So we're going away here tomorrow, uh, and that's it. So happy Christmas to everybody. If we don't see you, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll play a little bit of the song I discovered, but I think Alice discovered. But I've since fallen in I've love with. I've sung this song before. I'm it's a big singer of sing- Christmas carols. You can't sing it because the chords aren't behind you, so you can't get this feeling. They could be behind here's, me if my guitar playing husband would play his guitar to bleak, back me in up. In the bleak midwinter, listen to this. It's so beautiful. This must be in a... Is this in Love Actually or something? It's, no. It's in something we've seen. Maybe it's in something you've seen since you have time, apparently, to watch Uh-oh. Hallmark Christmas movies. Don't you dare. <laughs> a little more Hallmark Christmas movies. Says Mr. Critical of Sex in the City is that I watched Sex in the City Kirk, when I was in high school. Kirk Cameron is some is in some of the oh, stories I watched. Oh, I like I some watch. Kirk Cameron movies, like yes. the one where well, he's a firefighter who finds Jesus. You're not I allowed to that, watch but, it. You're not allowed to watch but, it, now. But... You um have a lot of time for watching Hallmark Christmas movies that I don't seem to have. So because you're wasting like... your time reading to the kids, Alice. I'm having <laughs> martinis and straight bottles of vodka, getting emotional, watching my learning about Christmas songs yes. that I'm singing with the kids one room over. <laughs> Winter. Is that a really old song or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty old one. Okay. Yeah. So, I love that one. It's You could ask my mom. That's been one of my absolute favorites since I was a kid. I'm sure I've sung it in this house and you just ignored oh, me. Oh, my I goodness. can get you some guitar chords if Maybe you want to play. Maybe I'll die in the Peloton, If you want to play I told, by the way, me. the audience about how you were you had real concerns about disposing of my body once I died, <laughs> Alice. It's great. They didn't believe me. Ray, uh, who's been Ray Dunaway, who's done radio for a lot of decades, like no way she said that. It's like yeah, yeah. I not only said it, I said it on our podcast. That's right. And for those of you who weren't listeners back then, I'll say it again, which is that I have a lot of concerns that if Tom passes away of a heart attack in the night, this happened where I was scared he died in the night, mm-hmm. and then my first. <laughs> fear was that i would have to clean the house before i could have like paramedics come and take the body away meanwhile this is all <laughs> at a critical moment when cpr might have been something advisable but no that's not what i get i can't have them walk past the dirty i'm sorry about that i'm give you CPR. i promise I, was, I will die out in the street or on the first floor of the you house yeah it's just down on the sofa yes. if you need to die maybe right, well, me and the kids if we work you know, all together can sort of drag you down the stairs you know what you could do Alice? Yeah. went to back as my Christmas present and just dig a grave and I'll sleep in there every night so that you won't have to make any move. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank Merry you so much. Christmas. Thank you so much. By the way, we are thrilled at, 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 at how great you guys are. It's great to see. We're thrilled. This, this podcast started very small, obviously, and 
to see in the last 24 hours thousands of downloads and in the, the the fact that there are so many of you guys we really appreciate it we're really happy you guys join us because it makes us feel less crazy and- correct 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 and and also uh, you know it's our show it's your show it's our show it's all of it's everybody's show here together here and you know what this couldn't happen at a better time so see you later uh, you can find us if you want to on Twitter. We are at Burn Barrel Pod on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. That's Don't say if you want to. Drive them there, Alice. If your boss doesn't let you find Burn Barrel on Twitter, quit your job. <laughs> oh, power, 93 of the FM. <laughs> See? Um, should I, like, make a giveaway? Like, I'll offer yes. to give away Pepper to one of the first hundred Ooh. people who follow us on yes. Twitter, our dog Pepper. You can be the proud owner of a foxhound who howls every time a fire truck comes down the street. Uh, that is at Burn Barrel Pod Say on Twitter. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.